Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. We're back with another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. And I'm Natalie. Oh my gosh. Natalie's, Natalie's back. back. Hey, this hey. Is excited. Her second time this year after Rudolph. Yeah. Like we have two it. guests today. She's such a good co-host. I was about to say, Tom's also back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I paused because I forgot my order because it hasn't been the three of us. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're all coming back together. All the greats. All the greats. Again. So what's been going on? Tom, I know you've been traveling. I did do some traveling. I'm home for a month and a half. So that's good. It's good. I had an unbelievable weekend. <gasps> Tell us about it. What'd you do? I went to a conference in Dallas that just was exactly what I needed in my life. How often do you hear that? I don't know. That a work conference just fit the bill and Oh, it was definitely not awesome. work. I went to a theology conference. Oh, radical, that's cool. Oh great. Yeah. It was awesome. I got to meet one of my heroes. Oh yeah, you told me about that and text. That's cool. That's very cool. Who was it again? Yeah, it was his name is Dr. John Bear. He's a priest, was head of a St. Vladimir's Orthodox Seminary in the States and is now teaching out of Aberdeen in Scotland. That's awesome. Did you get anything good to eat while you were in Dallas? Um, well, I went in Texas, you know, it's really hard to to stick to your it's really hard to keep healthy, wise choices when it comes to food. I had barbecue, some amazing barbecue. Uh, we went to Chewy's, which is not where I would have preferred to go. And then we found a couple of little hole-in-the-wall places. Chewy's is Austin-based, right? It is. Okay. So if you're in Texas, people are really like, oh, let's get something local. Yeah, they think it. yeah. But I like authentic Mexican, and it's hard to take any Mexican authentic as authentic when you're looking at pictures of Elvis everywhere. <laughs> Valid. Natalie, have you ever been to Chewy's? Yes, the Chewy's by me actually has a bar filled with pictures of dogs, and you can actually give them a picture of your dog, and they'll hang it up. The bathroom where I okay, went was full of pictures neat. of dogs. We oh. have a restaurant like that near us too. It's not called Chewy's, Chewy's though, and it's not a chain. But uh, I forget what it's called because it's in Warwick, which is probably like forty-five minutes north of here. But Everyone brings their picture of the dog, the hand on the wall, and they have the best Thanksgiving egg rolls. You what take all the and they're on the menu all year. And it's basically you take all the things you love about Thanksgiving, the turkey, the gravy, the cranberry sauce, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, and they 
deep fry and an egg roll and oh man they are delicious I think you've talked about that before because I remember being perplexed by the thought but when you explained it I was like I could probably eat that <laughs> I I got it not thinking much I'm not thinking you know I thought okay I'll be okay but it was good and then I was pissed we only got like one order of four because there were four of us and everyone had one and I was like oh that could have been my meal <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Natalie, Glad what's been going on with you in a few since the last time we talked a few months ago? Since we talked last, I've been working, traveling. My husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Congrats. Awesome. We went miniature golfing as adults do. <laughs> you you two you two did look very sickeningly cute in all the photos. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we tend to overpost, of course, whenever it's our anniversary. But yeah, it's been fun. It's been my schedule has been crazy busy, but lots of travel, getting to see lots of cool places and meet new people. So just moving and grooving over here. I also saw and not to toot my own horn, but I think I was the only one who got it correct that you got an autograph from somebody pretty famous recently. Can you like tell this story? Because it made me laugh so much when I saw your Instagram story. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So about 10 years ago when I was still in college, I absolutely loved writing fan letters to celebrities. My very first one was Andy Samberg and he sent me an autograph picture back. So I was like, okay, I'm writing every person that I love. Um, And so This week, I actually got a piece of mail from Australia, and I was super confused, haven't written a fan letter in so long, and I opened it, and (laughs) this person, I'm pretty positive I asked them if they'd be my uncle or like said something like, I wish they were my uncle because they have the kindest eyes and they're the sweetest man. Um, Super embarrassing. And it was Russell Crowe. Oh. <laughs> Picture gladiator. And it said to Natalie, signed Russell. <laughs> I love that it came after all these years. That's after amazing. all these years. Had no idea. I was like, I have no idea what this is. And I was like, oh, wait, I did write him. Oh, gosh, what did I write him? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. That awesome. It was fun. Nice little surprise. That would be a nice surprise. Russell Mm Crowe is one of my favorite uh, old school SNL or uh, old school South Park skits. I'm not Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is just one of my favorite people actors. So it was back in the early 2000s, so probably season five or season six of South Park. And it's like uh, Russell Crowe's fighting around the world, and he just gets off of a he just rides around on a little tugboat, gets off, and starts beating people up. My gosh. <laughs> oh. It's funny. That's so fun. It. He's such a good actor. He is He's such a good actor. Mm-hmm. What's been going on with you, Julia? Um, I mean, not a ton, right? We've got, we're in the thick of marching season, which is fun. Um, did I tell y'all Ethan gets to do a lift in the show? No, that's awesome. Yeah, so he like picks up the main color guard girl and he holds her like a rocket launcher. So he describes <laughs> it. We have yet to see it. <laughs> so I'm really interested. <laughs> but he's kind of stressed about it. So that's kind of fun. Um, nice way to end your senior year marching career by lifting somebody up like a rocket launcher. 
Um, That's such an interesting that, description for it. Right? <laughs> what's been new and what's the latest from Julia's adventures in Voodoo Land? Okay, so Julia's adventures in Anthony's Voodoo. I know I've watched more than two things in your voodoo this week. The only thing I can remember, because I did a fair amount of Tubi watching as well. I got on a real John Grisham kick and I watched like four or five John Grisham movies that were all for free on Tubi. So that was fun. But I watched Nope, which I had not seen on your voodoo. And I really liked it. I thought it was great. And I I don't know if critics hated that one. but like I I I don't think they did. I thought it was super fun and I liked the science fiction twist more than the horror feel. It didn't feel like a horror movie to me. Mm-hmm. Really? Right? Yeah. I don't know. I felt like Monster of the Week on X-Files, which is always my favorite episodes. So that was super fun. But I think that's it. That's cool. I, you know, because I watched all the John Grisham movies. <laughs> I can't explain it. I saw a movie tonight, like right before hopping on here. I saw Dumb Money in theaters which is awesome very well that's a game stop one, active, right? that's a game stop one about the stock and everything and it was awesome i had a great time with it and uh as a horror fan i'm very excited a24s in the running to buy the rights to halloween i would love to see what they do with halloween oh yeah no kidding and yeah so and the writer's strike is just about wrapped up right it ends at 12.01, but the actors are still on strike now, so at least they'll have stuff to go back to when they finish. True. It's well, exciting, because then we're looking forward to really good content. Just... Hopefully. So, we've actually been talking about this episode for quite some time tonight. Um, because we were excited. We were excited about it, because um, Natalie has never seen the movie Casper. Um, I think I realized in, in prepping for this, I had also not seen this movie. Uh Um, yeah, I I guess I'd seen parts of it, but I definitely had not seen most of it. Um, but Anthony, you, I think are fond of this one, or it is at least a movie you were fond of when it came out. Sure. I'll jump right into my history. Um, okay. Yeah. I, so I so first of all I remember the Casper cartoons when I was really young, like the old school Casper cartoons. Um, but I remember being really excited for this movie when I was young. It came out in '95, so I was quite young still. Um, but I even remember the trailer for this movie of the cartoon playing on the big screen, and you hear the commentary from Casper's uncles uh, making fun of him, and then it pans out, and you see it's live action, and you start getting what's this from the nightmare before Christmas playing like the score version as you're getting shots in the movie. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And yeah, my parents took me and my sister to see in theaters and I loved it. And I still love this movie. I watch this movie every year around Halloween. Um, I mean, it's Bill Pullman in it, Christina Ricci. Um, plus it's about ghosts and I love ghostly stuff. And, uh, yeah, not to get into it, but I still really adore this movie. Uh, maybe it's nostalgia. Part nostalgia has got to be, but I still think it's pretty good and holds up decently enough without the nostalgia. And I'll be curious to see if that's true for you and Natalie. Um, but yeah, one thing I will say, and we can talk about it when we get into it, is every year I watch this and every year I forget how sad it actually is. 
in a lot of respects. Um, and he's a 12 year old boy who died who wants to be alive. And yeah, that's just a lot of sad emotion in this. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into it. Tom, did you have a history with this movie? I did. I saw it. I've seen it for years. Watched it a lot. Ellie loves it. We've watched it the last few years with her. It's a good movie. It just feels like everything I want out of a 90s family movie. I was about to say, it's sad. It kind of, like, compared to Hocus Pocus and The Nightmare Before Christmas especially, but then, like, even things like Halloween Town, it kind of faded away as a family Halloween movie compared to those other ones. And Mm -hmm. that's sad to me because... I think it's really good. And I think this one, I said it before and I'll say it again, with Beetlejuice and Hocus Pocus and all these family films of the 90s, family films, Beetlejuice is a little older than family, but all these films getting legacy sequels, I feel like Casper is ripe for one at some point. So we'll see. Natalie, what's your history? I mean, I know you don't have a history, but like, were you aware of it or was it just you didn't get around to seeing it? Because I'm so curious about that. Yeah, I was not aware of it. The only cast where I knew was Casper Meets Wendy with Hilary Duff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't find out about that. That was like her first movie that she did. And I was like a giant Lizzie McGuire fan. And I think I watched it like probably middle school, high school, that when Casper meets Wendy, not this one. Um, and I loved it. And I feel like I've watched it several times since then. But I think I loved this one even more. Hey. Not to give it away, but to give it away. Um, but yeah, so that's <laughs> kind of my history. Did you notice that the villainess in this was the aunt and Casper meets Wendy, one of her aunt yes. witches? Yeah. Yes. That's down in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> also fun fact wendy they wanted in this movie but they didn't want to pay the rights for multiple characters so they decided to cut her from the movie oh interesting they didn't even pay for the uncles they uh that's why they changed the names those are not the names of the uncles in the original comics or cartoons they didn't they only had money for casper so they changed the names which seems dubious to me because you're still using them but i don't know how they got away with that but yeah so the personalities were the same? The names were just different? Like, that's literally the only change? Yeah. Yeah, there was still, like, huh. the quote-unquote abusive uncles. But I don't know how they did it. But, yeah. Tight line right there. Yeah, for real. What was your um, history, Julia? Like, My I know history, you never watched it, but... I definitely remember commercials for the movie when it was coming out, right? Because there's some trailer-esque aspects of the movie that you know i remember seeing um no idea why i never saw the whole movie but once i got into it i'm like none of this is familiar except for the little snippets that you would have seen as a lead into another movie right um so i always knew it existed i see it pop up every year on um the halloween you know schedule for stuff but have never stopped to watch it um and It's definitely a mid-90s movie, and I had to reset my brain a little bit and remind myself I'm not the target audience, Um, but it was good. It was, it surprised me in a few spots, Um, so I'm interested to talk about it, because you've got a lot of knowledge around this one. I mean, it's spooky season, of course I do, but one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, about the history, I remember growing up in the 90s, 
And I even Googled it the other day to see if I imagined this, and I didn't because there are BuzzFeed articles. But so many girls in elementary school growing up had a crush on little boy human Casper and human boy Zachary Binks from Hocus Pocus. And I was like, was that a thing? And then I Googled it. And last year, BuzzFeed posted an article, which one is better, Zachary as a human or Casper as a human? And I was like... This is weird. They were both children, but okay. <laughs> so here's where I thought you were going with that. You know how you have, I, I thought you were going to say that people had a crush on ghost Casper or cat Zachary because Beauty and the Beast, the original animated Beauty and the Beast. More people I had, had a crush like, on the beast. Mad crush on the beast. and was so disappointed when he turned into that hideous <laughs> prince. And I'm like, I'm so disappointed right now. He should have just stayed a beast. And they then should have at least the other ones. He does stay a beast, which is also confusing. But they should have at least given him a beard. And I was glad Emma Watson made that yeah. joke in the live action remake to grow a beard. <laughs> I was not, um, however, disappointed when Dan Stevens, when the beast transformed into Dan Stevens, because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so. But I did check with Sarah about this and she was like, oh, yeah, I had a crush on young Casper. Like, that was a okay. thing. She didn't, she couldn't speak for Thackeray because she never saw Focus Pocus as a yeah. kid, but, yeah. It's just so bizarre to me that he's, what's his face on NCIS? Thackeray. Yeah, Thackeray, yeah. not Devin Sawa. Yep. Um. Okay, so let's get into it. Um. If you haven't figured out by now, we're covering Casper, um, the 1995 live action. Brief plot synopsis before we get into the cast. Um, I thought this one was actually pretty good. Uh, Furious that her late father only willed her his gloomy looking mansion rather than his millions, Kerrigan Crittenden is ready to burn it to the ground when she discovers a map to a treasure hidden in the deed. When she enters the house to seek her claim, she's frightened away by a wicked wave of ghosts. Determined to get her hands on the hidden fortune, she hires afterlife therapist Dr. James Harvey, played by Bill Pullman to exercise the ghosts from the mansion. James and his daughter Kat move in, and soon Kat meets Casper, the ghost of a young boy who's the, quote, friendliest ghost you know. But not so friendly are Casper's uncles, Stretch, Fatso, and Stinky, who are determined to drive all the fleshies away. Ultimately, it's up to James and Kat to help the ghosts cross over to the other side. Okay. Casting credit. Bill Pullman plays Dr. James Harvey. Our dad, our lovable dad. Um, have we covered Bill Pullman? No, but we've definitely discussed him before because we've all shown admiration for the we president's covered, speech in Independence Day. We have covered Bill Pullman when we did While You Were Sleeping. There you go. Yes. So I still love Bill Pullman. He's one of my favorites. Um, he kind of can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I love we all, how do you feel about Bill Pullman, Natalie? He's very lovable. I don't know that I had actually seen him in anything before this, but mm-hmm. 
Um, I can definitely write a fan letter for you since you love him so much. <laughs> I would appreciate that because you seem to have a really good track record with your fan letters. <laughs> I would love that. That would really make my day. <laughs> um, playing our main other main character, um, his daughter Kat, played by Christina Ricci, who we've covered. Have we? Um, we never did the Adams family. So I can't think of anything sure? else we have we? I don't think we did. Did you cover Wednesday on Netflix? No. I don't know if we, we covered her. We should put that on our schedule for spooky season. Well, Christina Ricci. I mean, we've definitely talked about her before. We never put it on the schedule for spooky season because it opens at Christmas. So that's when we can slip in any time of the year. Oh, I see. I love that. Um, so Christina Ricci, I mean, we're fans, right? Because we're Adams family fans in general, and she's just great. I love Christina Ricci. Oh, we have covered her Beetle. No, that was another writer. They played very similar That's characters. Exactly where I was going. <laughs> I'm like, we did Beetlejuice. Wait, wasn't in that. <laughs> um, uh, okay. She she was the best part of the Adams family movies, in my opinion. That's Wednesday. She's probably the most iconic part of those movies. Iconic enough to have a spinoff um, series that hopefully we'll get to cover. Yes. Um, we have two villains in this movie. And uh, the first one is the Kerrigan um, character I mentioned from the synopsis. Um, bratty, spoiled, terrible woman um, played mm-hmm. by Kathy Moriarty, who's really he- good at that role. And she was gorgeous back in the early 90s. Look over that. Compare, I mean, mm-hmm. she did not age well, but she was gorgeous in this movie. And her voice is spot on for what I would put as a <laughs> villain. Mm-hmm. She can really shriek. Yes. She sounds like a villain. She does. Like a smoker a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it's a very 90s relationship. The one she has with her villain counterpart. Uh, so she's like the big, bad, strong, demanding woman with the absolutely stupid male Spineless male. Um, Eric Idle. Yeah. Eric Idle plays Dibs. Um, he just gets bossed around by her for the better part of the movie. Um, and you will know him for Monty Python. Yep. I don't think we've ever actually covered him. I was just looking um, at that. We have not. Yeah. No. So Casper in his ghost form is voiced by Malachi Pearson, um, but Casper in his human form later in the movie at the very, very end for an extraordinarily short amount of time. What? I got to correct you. Malachi Pearson vo- voiced him in human form too. Devin Sawa was just there as the body. They dubbed him over with Malachi. So we had the same. Are you serious? Interesting. Yep. Correct. I, oh, I didn't know that. Voice. Yep. That's an excellent call out. Well, then he voiced him in all aspects of Casper. Um, but when Casper turns into a human, it's Devin Sawa, who is a heartthrob in the 90s. Because that hair was like perfect blonde 90s hair. And they literally cast him based on which boy for the auditions Christina Ricci blushed the most when they came in. And it was him, so they <laughs> threw him in. Why is that? That's... Oh. It makes me cringe a little bit. I don't know why. Um, we have voice actors um, beyond Casper because we have the three uncles. So Fatso, Stinky, and 
stretch. Stretch. Oh, stretch. Sorry. <laughs> so stretch is voiced by Joe Napoti. Um, Stinky is voiced by Joe Alasky and Brad Garrett voices Fatso. And this is Brad Garrett's first voice job, wow. which kind of boggles the mind because he's made quite a thing of it. He does it then. a lot now. He's got a, he's got a great voice. Um, and then we have a character we kind of talk about a lot, but we don't really see her until the end. And that is um, Kat's mom, who's deceased. Um, and she's played by... Amy Brenneman. Amy Brenneman, that's right. Uh, did you like Judging Amy? Did you ever watch that show, Judging Amy? I've seen it a few times. I was never like a huge fan. I had to watch it all the time. I really love that show. So I like her quite Quite a lot. Um, okay, so let's talk Casper. Um, we open with um, a great shot of the manor that is Whips, the central location. Whipstaff Manor. Whipstaff Manor. Um, and what we Whip, see is these... I was just going to say, Whipstaff Manor looks very Tim Burton-y. It does. It looks a little bit like Ariel's Castle from the original movie, but above water and spooky. Yeah, I can see that. And not gold. And you don't see enough of it. Um, so we have two kids and they break into what we think at the moment is just a haunted house. But I said it's actually a castle because it's gigantic. Um, they're trying to get a picture inside of this manor to prove to their friends they're not chickens. So they need street cred in their school. And what happens immediately almost upon entering is a ghost pops up. Um, and offers to take the picture for them and gets a picture of them screaming to which they run away. So we get a little history that everybody in town is spooked by this. It is obviously haunted and everybody knows that. Um, and, and this ghost didn't mean it in a, like he was genuine, like, oh, they're arguing over who to take a picture, who's going to take mm -hmm. the picture. And he was genuine. He was like, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And He's super it was kind a voice. Polaroid. Polaroid picture. So yeah. nice. <laughs> so we saw it right away. <laughs> yeah. Now, kids, um, for those of you who did not grow up in the 90s, there were these things called Polaroids. And it was the only way to see a picture right away when it would, there. it's like the Instamax is the cool version now, right? Or used to be. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So then that takes us to um, Ben Stein, which I also appreciated. Uh, reading did off he a will. He played every boring lawyer and teacher in every 80s and did. 90s film, I feel. Am I the only one? He's No, he's built for the role. <laughs> and it's easy What's money What's the most iconic him. role for you? There's Bueller. 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 Yeah. Um, so he's reading off a will, um, and you just hear how much money is going to these different wildlife funds um supporting like just lots of animals save the tigers and all of this stuff um so we get the sense immediately that a patriarch of some sort has passed away and spoiled daughter kerrigan is sitting there waiting for this guy to just get done with it and she's super impatient you can tell she's just in it for the money she wants to know what's about to be read and all that's left to her is this manner and she is not happy about it because it's crumbling to the ground. And why on earth would she give a rip about it? So she throws the will, her copy of the will into the fire. And her 
benign partner goes to fish it out because he's like the deed to the house is in there and realizes as it's burning, there is mention of treasure in the manor. And so she's immediately interested and they fish it out. And this sets her on a course to Maine, which is where Friendship Maine, right? Friendship Maine. Mm-hmm. Where Whipstaff Manor is. So they show up at the manor and they go inside. And just like the kids at the beginning, they immediately hear voices, which by this point we know it's Casper's voice because it's a sweet voice. Um, and their immediate reaction is a 90s scream. Where right. if, if they were a cartoon, their eyes would be bugging out. Their hair would like stand on they end. Would. There's yeah. a real cartoon aesthetic to the whole movie. Aside from the actual animated. Ghosts. Which I appreciate because Casper started off as a cartoon. And it doesn't That's take true. it so seriously. Well, I say that, but they do get serious. So we'll get yeah, it don't, but it does. Yeah. And it's confusing. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Them screaming actually wakes up many other ghosts or what seems like many other ghosts in the manor um, who seem a lot more terrifying than Casper does. Um, you get some special effects with um, the ground is like swirling in that ghostly hue and they really like get the heck out of the manor because it is scary now. Um, so can I just comment on the effects here real quick? Yeah. I think Casper for the most part effects wise. He still looks pretty good, except when he's interacting with real objects, and you can tell them they animated the object he's interacting with. The uncles, it's weird, don't look as good as Casper. Like, they look more cartoony to me. They do. It was just a weird... They also act more cartoony. That's true. But, I mean, they didn't have the same translucent... Like, he looked translucent. He looked like what you would expect a ghost to see. You know what I mean? If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. He didn't look... the. There was inconsistency in the ghosts. Yes. Like Casper and the uncles look cartoonish and never human. Whereas when we see other ghosts later, they have a lot more of their human characteristics. It's true. We'll have to return to that. Yes. Natalie, what what did you think of the effects here? I mean, I feel like they were very similar from Casper meets Wendy. Um, I do find it odd that Casper's white and the three uncles are blue and they yeah. look so different. Mm-hmm. And the uncles have hair kind of, and Casper's always like this little bald boy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when his human counterpart was so follicularly blessed. Mm-hmm. I've never so heard confusing. it put that way. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so we see Kerrigan and Nibs. It's Nibs, right? Dibs, I think. Dibs. Dibs. <laughs> Nibs. <laughs> That's not his name. It's Dibs. Um, they obviously want the treasure, so they start um, engaging some help, some outside help to try and get the ghosts out of the manor. Um, the first person they get is, um, it's an exorcist. It's Father Guido Sarducci. Who, when I was watching it, I was like, this guy's familiar. I should know this guy. And I'm like, put a pin to research that later. And he has had an ongoing, right? SNL skit Mm -hmm. during the time this was on. Um, He goes in. He was played by Don Novello. uh He goes in the manor 
quite immediately comes out covered in vomit with his head turned around backwards. So it was a like the exorcist to the exorcist, yep. which we appreciated. Um, we get a nice cameo from Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. as a ghostbuster running out of the manor saying, yeah, can't do that. No, um, he says, who are you going to call someone else? Someone else. And um, Dan and- Aykroyd insists to this day. This is canon to the Ghostbusters universe. That was Ray Stans. Oh, that's really? funny. Mm-hmm. That is funny. Um, so Kerrigan gets to a point where she's like, I can still find the treasure, even if the house is rubble. So she brings in a big construction crew to just start demoing the place. And what happens, but the ghosts scare the demo crew away. So she's really left um, up a creek with no paddle. Um, so this is where we see Casper alone in his room. He's watching TV. Um, he's kind of sad all the time because he seems very lonely all the time. He wants um, friends. And he but sad. Friends. That's right. He just has these uncles that bully him in a real Cinderella type fashion. Which um, but he's... I was always confused whether they were his actual uncles or like avuncular uncles. I always kind of lean toward the avuncular side. Yeah. It's, I would have a hard time thinking they came from the same family. Yeah. but And anyway, they don't I really just... explain. Do they explain if you can leave the house if you've died in it? Like, did they all die well, in the manor? Ca- Casper does leave the house in a minute, right? Okay, so he does. But he, <laughs> that's his house. Right. But he leaves the house. But then they probably are real uncles because they also have rooms in the house. Well, they might not be real uncles. They could be from other people that lived in the house. I'm thinking too deeply into this. Let's move <laughs> on. Um, okay. So we see Casper watching hard copy on TV, which is like a pulpy, you know, new show. And it is talking about a therapist for the dead, which is our Bill Pullman character, Dr. James Harvey. Um, he, was a regular old therapist until his wife died fairly recently. And he's decided he needs to transition to a therapist for the dead because the only reason why ghosts stick around is because they have unfinished business. And so he tries to help those ghosts resolve that unfinished business so they can then be at peace. Um, Casper thinks this is great because his daughter's super cute um, because it shows. I I found this super weird. And the news yeah. reporter actually refers to her as his loner daughter, Cat. Like they use the word loner. That made me laugh. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so but, bad. But, he, but I'm glad you called out how so weird cute. that was. But it's exceptionally weird. I thought. But I don't know. If you're alone for that long, maybe that's the logical next step. You just start crushing on people on TV. I'm not sure. Um, but he uses his ghostly magic to move through the airways and ports himself or just his ghost magic into Kerrigan's TV and her hotel. That is obviously not the manor because she won't step foot near that place anymore um, to show the same show in her room to get her attention, to say, look, here should be your logical next step to which she does. And then she's like, I'm going to call this guy out and we're going to exercise the ghosts from the house with this afterlife therapist. So. This is where we see Christina Ricci for the first time, really, um, in real life, not in hard copy. Um, And she's not happy, 
about having to move again because her dad has come up saying, got a new gig. We're headed to Maine. Um, so she's not happy about it. They're traveling cross country from Phoenix, I think is where they were when mm. they got him on the line. And um, we get a little backstory that the whole reason he does this is because his wife and she comes out that she doesn't believe in ghosts. Um, he obviously does. And they make a pact in the car because he realizes how unhappy his daughter is. And, and she realizes in the same way that he's also unhappy, right? For different reasons. And so they make a deal. If he can't find what he's looking for this time, which is his wife, um, he'll be done and they'll settle down and he won't do it anymore. He won't do this job anymore. So they pinky swear. And they arrive in Maine. Friendship Maine, which looks a lot like the town in Hocus Pocus to me. I thought it looked a lot like the town in Beetlejuice. Okay. Well, I think maybe all these spooky 90s, 80s movies have the same town. They have the same (laughs) aesthetic. It is around Halloween time. It's October at some point. Um, And Christina Ricci starts to explore the manor. First, she comes into a a room um, that has three beds in it. And the beds have the names of our, what we find out are our uncle ghosts. So there's fat, so stinky and stretch (laughs) on the beds. And it's the only time you hear, is it stretch's name is never mentioned in the movie, except for on the bed engraving or carving, which is interesting. And I remember, by the way, I had an action figure of uh, of all these ghosts. The stretch his neck would actually like you push a button on the back, and his head would his neck would elongate, his head would pop up. It was awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so as she's exploring, she finds um, Casper's room, not his room room when he was a kid, but like I guess the room he tends to hang out in. Or was no. that just a room she found that she liked? No, that was the room he tends to hang out in now. Okay. And he's obviously in there and he sees that she's there and he's like super jazzed because this was his plan all along. There's a girl in my bedroom. And he creepily <laughs> says, there's a girl on my bed. On my bed. That's it. And I'm like, okay. Okay. This was another 90s thing, right? Because he's saying it. He's saying it out loud, but Binks actually slept in bed with a little girl as a cat. But he was a cat. But he was still a hundred year old man. Three hundred. True. Something. Casper's Casper's like what? Fifty? One hundred twelve. Because he was twelve when he died and it's been a hundred years. Some. Okay. Um, She sees Casper like after they kind of do a little, you know. Like she's looking one way and he's behind her and he's trying to talk to her, but then he gets a sock thrown in his mouth. It's like all this stuff. Anyway, when she finally sees him, uh, she faints. Uh, he tries to revive her. And when he revives her, she screams, <laughs> which uh, is yeah. an ongoing. That thing, is a, right. That is an 80s scream or a 90s scream. It was a 90s scream. It's at this point. Yeah. I must ask Julia and Natalie specifically as a little girl, if you move into a n- new house and this ghost kid is behind you, just watching you. And then he's just like, hi, when you turn around, what would your reaction be? 
I mean, probably very similar to hers, but I'm also confused because weren't they going from like ghost town to ghost town? Like, I feel like she should have been used to it. Did you get the impression that she really believed all the ghost stuff? She doesn't believe the ghost stuff. So I got the impression she's never seen it before, but I also got the impression her dad had never actually seen a ghost before either. That's what I thought too. He was, yeah. He was giving a very over-the-top performance on the news about, like, what he does. I don't think he's... I think he believes and he wants to find something out there because it means his wife could still be around. But I, I don't want to believe. Exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, they can't... He he can't have had this business for long, right? Because you get the sense that her mom is somewhat Reese. freshly dead. Yes. So... I feel like hard copy was a little aggressive in their (laughs) interviewing of a guy who had like a zero proven track record that he could do this thing. Like, please, if I could get that level of publicity on a business I just opened, (laughs) this did not seem realistic, but that's the sense I got was that like hardcore, she'd never seen it because she doesn't believe in it. So then you're like, oh, maybe she doesn't believe in it. She doesn't see the ghosts in the past, but he like definitely did. And I feel like he had never seen them until Fatso stinky and stretch well yeah because of the way he reacts too right because at this point he hears her scream and comes up and guess what he sees casper as well and has the same screamy reaction which wakes up that's so stinky and stretch. well they don't wake up they're coming they home were out the about- night, and casper goes outside to try to like hey you're home so early why don't you guys stay out that's like right. that's right so we don't, don't have hard and fast rules about their ability to stay inside the grounds or the house. Well, right. I mean, later on, Casper goes to the school and the uncles take yeah. him out to a bar. Yeah. So they can like free reign, which is an interesting choice. I feel like. Yeah. Usually... I feel like that makes it harder to craft your story personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Casper would stay with those uncles after all this time either. See, that's also a question. I like, would, why would he stay there if he doesn't he, have to? He's lonely. I mean, he is Yeah, lonely, but if he but... wants somebody, couldn't he go find somebody though? Instead of trying to lure young girls back to his room that are hundred that are decades younger than him. Yeah, he could go to their rooms. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Natalie. Show me I could be even creepier than whoever made this. I like it. <laughs> um, okay, so our three <laughs> uncle ghosts our three bully ghosts show up and they start to bully casper um and they immediately move on to scaring dr harvey um because he's like low-hanging fruit right bill pullman is very physically funny in this he's physically funny if you're younger (laughs) i feel like it was over the top but again the movie is meant to be viewed by a younger audience and I feel like fully enjoyed in that age. So some of my jadedness is because I didn't see this probably in the prime age. So some of it didn't track with me. And mm-hmm. Disco 54 right now is oh, like, oh, I'm saying, boy, I, has I, Julia changed since the podcast has started. Uh, I was about to say, man, you could practically hear her rolling her eyes as she's talking about this, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know why she has to hate on everything as a, as a, as a man. <laughs> as a man who likes things. As a man who likes things. <laughs> Oh, brother. Okay. Um, yeah, if you didn't hear that episode, Natalie, we did get... 
<laughs> a bad review where uh, they liked me and Tom, it. but it was our first bad review for Julia. They said you can practically hear her rolling her eyes at the like disgusting. Oh, <laughs> <my goodness. laughs> Y'all, Julie, uh, Natalie, it made my day. It was one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever read. Me and Tom are so used to the abuse from listeners. It was nice it wasn't directed at us for a while. Mm-hmm. Julia was kind of excited. She's like, do I get to be the worst now? <laughs> That's legit. So. Um, okay, Julia, so we... You can never be the worst. <laughs> we, uh, we see... Well, how does... Well, first, I want to call out the score and the music in this because I actually think the music's quite good. Okay. okay, who did it? I was gonna ask you if it's the same person who did Home Alone because I thought there were similarities. It is not John Williams. It's not Danny Elfman. It is James Horner. Oh, James Horner! Really? Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that and checks I, out. Still, I really liked the music in this, especially mm-hmm. the Casper's Lullaby piece. It's called. It's just a sad. That alone makes me want to go download this album. Well done. Um, I do like. I wrote. I didn't write a note. Can that be our it. closing audio really, for the episode? It really should be. <laughs> That's a great idea. I did not note, but I thought about it. That I enjoy when movies sound as spooky as they're supposed to be right mm. um in like a traditional kid sco- spooky way so like halloween spooky for like a whole other reason right but like this score felt very solemn and i don't know like the kind of music you want to listen to when you're curled up on a really cold night with a blanket yeah but at the same time oh, like great. the reason i brought it up like at the same time there were parts that were whimsical like this whole extended uh cat and her dad like getting chased around the house by the three uncles and how how does he eventually defeat them not just chased around but also taken over in body form (laughs) which all three of them jump into his body at one point and we get a few extra cameos here um we get clint eastwood mel gibson the crypt keeper um (laughs) oh who's the other one Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. That's right. Um, and a very short little blurb. Yeah, and we almost got. There was he was supposed to transform into Steven Spielberg too, but Steven Spielberg didn't like his acting, his acting, so he asked him not to use it because Steven Spielberg <laughs> did produce this, and this does feel like yeah Spielberg esque elements. Again, it feels like a weird mix of Tim Burton and Spielberg. For a younger audience for me mm-hmm. like in terms of aesthetic okay. and music and things like that okay so. i could see it um but yes the way that that dr harvey defeats the ghosts in this moment because it doesn't last very long um as he sucks them up in a vacuum cleaner i have quite i always have questions I'm about con- ghosts I'm how can they go through walls their... but they can't go through the bag on the yeah. vacuum cleaner there's no yeah. wall in this movie there's or that. like they can go through walls. Casper can go through walls, but then he can also push a mine cart with a human being mm-hmm. in it. Or mm-hmm. when Cat throws her socks over her shoulder, like gags yes. him in the mouth. Right. Why didn't it go through him? Yeah. But I mean, I have, I do have this issue with m- most ghost movies because they're inconsistent. 
usually. Yeah, that's true. I um, mean, if the guy Patrick Swayze can do anything, right? <laughs> like a magical. I think movie. Patrick Swayze is such a perfect ghost movie. I mean, I think Ghost is such a perfect ghost movie <laughs> starring Patrick Swayze. <laughs> you know Ooh, what I mean? That's a discussion for our My. Don't come at me, bro. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, that's a really good movie, and I loved it as a kid too. And mm-hmm. my grandmother was in love with Patrick Swayze and uh, would probably still throw down right now if you said trash about anything with to do with Patrick Swayze. Do you know when I, I was a kid, I liked it for Whoopi Goldberg. And then when I, I grew up, I was, was like, in. oh, a love story. Oh, okay. Did, did you like Sister Act 2 as a kid? I love everything with Whoopi Goldberg in it. Me too. Yeah, I was a huge Sister Act fan growing up. I liked all of them. <laughs> I saw that when I was in a hotel recently and it has held up. It is a yes, good it's movie. held up. It's so it is good. Hilarious. I love Professor McConaughey as the head nun in that movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Whoopi Goldberg should play Professor McConaughey in the <laughs> reboot. <laughs> well, no, supposedly not, they're not doing a reboot. They're going to do Sister Act 3, a legacy sequel. I'm talking the Harry Potter reboot. She should oh, play yeah. Professor McConaughey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, okay. So at this point we get a scene where Kat and Casper really start to befriend each other, right? Casper's cooking breakfast for Kat and she's warming to him. She's asking a lot of different questions and, um, we find out he doesn't remember a lot about who he was when he wasn't a ghost, right? Like the longer you're a ghost, the less you remember. Or how he Um, died. Or how he died. That's right. Um, but I mean, it's a cute scene. You get to see kind of the different. <laughs> he again breaks the laws of ghost physics and does like lots of stuff with food that you're like, I don't understand how, but you, but you do, but you can't there. Um, and so that, that's it's a cute scene. It gets real uncomfortable when they start talking about what when cat says i've never done this before and Casper goes i haven't either and she goes can you hurt me wait what and he's like i don't think so wait what are, like, this oh. is still the breakfast scene no this is when they're talking okay. and they're hanging out and i think they're back in her room his room real- okay Somebody's so room so we skipped a lot here before her. we get to that okay i'm sorry well did we though? Maybe it does happen in the kitchen because my notes were in order and I wrote what they said and then in brackets underlying you. Because they go to school, they go to school first before that scene. I'm pretty sure. Julia. No, no they have not gone to school yet. Julia, you... you wrote your notes? Oh, I took notes. Look at this. I took all these oh, notes. Wow. Look how good I am. <laughs> Julia, like, you get the big gold even? star of the night award. Right? Right? But I can't take that most context, I guess. <laughs> take <laughs> that worst prepared podcast on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, okay. there's okay. an awkward anyway, there's yes. some awkward dialogue that is definitely a double entendre having to do with what ghosts and humans can or cannot do as they interact. That is definitely not sexual. But if you read it, you're like, well, it's a little that's a they're I think trying we're supposed to... to pick that they're like, wait, what are they gonna do together now? Yeah, we are. We're supposed to pick that up. 
which just kind of adds to the weirdness of the ghost human relationship, right? Which transcends this movie. It's not the first time we've talked about those types of relationships. Okay. So (laughs) the uncles show up at breakfast. Yeah. And this is what you remember. Um, they ruin like literally everything, and this is where we learn well, that they they ate. They didn't but ruin it. They're so it. mean. Yeah, they do. They they, they ruin the ambiance of this young romance. Larry, hey, they're awful to Casper. They're so terrible and vile. But here's where we realize they don't just like haunt for kicks and giggles. They hate fleshies, which is a, a, the worst word ever. Also, <laughs> like I don't care for the word flesh. It's like moist in in the like ranking of words that make me uncomfortable, and so they call them fleshies, which I really don't like. But How do you feel about moist fleshies? I oh. really don't like that. A moist flesh. <laughs> that is that is against right there. Please take that out. Um, that did not mean to sound the way that sounded. I am so sorry, everybody. I just pulled an Anthony. Well, I've been way better lately. <laughs> oh man, now with that I'm hocus so pocus. So sorry. Right, I was going to say. The other day. (laughs) I can't unsee that. Oh, my God. What did I miss? Oh, he posted a hocus pocus something or other with. It was a meme that it was a meme that said, I don't know if I downloaded the right hocus pocus. And it said hocus pocus. And there was very three very scantily clad Sanderson sisters. Anyway, that was special. Okay, I can't say anything. I just made a horrible. Thank you. I just said something horrible that I did not mean to, so I apologize. <laughs> I did not mean to share that either. <laughs> did mean to share that. <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. So the uncles are talking about, or there's lots of trash talk goes on between Kat and um, the uncles Stretch. here, which is nice because Kat starts to like stick up for Casper, right? Um, reinforcing again that they've got this friendship. Between Can we talk for a minute um, about when the uncles eat, how it just goes yes. right through them? And he sweeps it up and they're like, why are you cleaning? So are we <laughs> to assume that he just replates that the next day and hands it to them and it's just a vicious... I just assume they like the dirtiness of the house. The filth, yeah. But the, mm. but, but, but the eating made me very uncomfortable. That made yeah. me... Yeah. And, and it's like a bunch of sweets, cooking. right? Yeah, it was. It was. It was like they were literally digesting it because it came out like. It did. It came out like sludge. Yeah. Because then they throw it on. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. That was a choice. I mean, we've seen it. I. I don't know what we've seen it in, but like we've seen skeletons and ghosts eat where it goes in and it comes out exactly like it went in. You I know, know I do appreciate that they can eat though, because if I was dead and a ghost, how much would it suck not to be able to eat, but you had to watch people eating? So I'm glad they could probably taste it at least. I mean, again, apparently we need to cover the movie Ghosts with Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg. Because they do cover the- that. <laughs> next time, next time Anthony's out, you and I will cover that. Let's do ghosts. I love it. For no reason, it'll have no relevance. I don't have anything <laughs> Christmas in it. <laughs> but okay. but let's be honest, we've been doing this for six years. We can do whatever we want at this point. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is where Cat goes to school. Um. Yes. She meets a cute boy, who I'm pretty sure is from Mighty Ducks. 
I think he was I think a he cute was boy too. in Mighty Ducks as well. Um, Is he also Squints in the Sandlot? So I'm very was that curious Squints? about this. It was Squints not Squints. He's listed in the billing, but he's not the cute boy in class. Was Squints one of the two people taking pictures at the beginning? Yes. Oh, oh. okay. This he was Which, guy in the Mighty Ducks. He got top billing. Guy. That's right. Because I remember thinking, how cool is he that his name is Guy? He's super cute. Um, so she meets him and he's just like cute boy, right? Move to town, meet a cute boy. Um, she's definitely interested. Cute boy has haughty, rich, blonde girlfriend or girl that is a friend that thinks she's his girlfriend, but he's not sure if he's her, whatever that twisted 90s relationship is. Um, it's awful and like literally the worst person on the planet. Also 90s, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. digging all the stereotypes of the characters in school. Um, it is a completely terrible first day of school because everything happens. It shouldn't happen. She's called Harvey Kathleen. Everybody laughs at her and she's like, well, it's actually cat. Teacher makes her come up to the front. Like teacher spills the beans as she lives in the manor or but, some other kid spills the beans as she lives in the no, manor. She and then spills every it kid. But, but then the teacher and like every kid invites themselves to her house for a Halloween party that she had like. She wouldn't offer that. And how rude is that? And like, that's like my nightmare. And oh, we're let's just not, come to your house for a party. Let's not forget. Have y'all never invited, this, Have y'all never planned a party at somebody else's house before? No. Why would oh. I do that? And let's not forget on top of all of this. I, don't, I feel really she, judged right now, Julia. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> on top of all of this, she had an invisible stalker follow her to school without her knowing. She did. Who does her a solid? After these kids are a-holes, which they totally are. Um, because in the meantime, while this is happening, Casper's tying all their shoelaces together underneath the desk. Even Cute Boy. Because we find out Cute Boy's not not a good kid. No. And his girlfriend, by the way. Prey. He could be a good kid. The real villain is the girlfriend, and he just has, like, no balls. So it's <laughs> that kind of relationship. Yeah. Nice way to phrase a 12-year-old boy who just has a crush on her <laughs> I'm sorry. I call it like it is. My dude, he's setting himself up for a life that, you know, it's not going to serve him in any way. <laughs> this girl, by the way, is entitled, you know, rude she's girls. furious that they're not going to go to her house for the Halloween party. To mommy and daddy's boathouse has just been remodeled. Like, hate this girl. Mommy. She's, she's such a 90s trope. character. Yeah, such absolutely. a 90s trope. Um, and I hated all of them, so I guess it was effective. I'm not sure. Um, okay, so surprise, you just moved in and met all these people, and they're coming to your house for Halloween. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Your haunted house, not to mention. So, like, stress level has shot through the roof for me alone. You just throw a party together that fast. I don't understand. Um, Okay, so while that's happening, Harvey takes his job very seriously and has started setting up sessions with the uncles <laughs> to try and figure out what their unresolved, um, what their thing is that they need to do to pass well, through. Because they've kind of come to a detente. They're like, oh, they're going to share the place. They'll sit through their reviews. <laughs> right. Well, because their thing is, we hate that Kerrigan woman. What do we need to do to keep her out of our business? And Harvey's like, yo... I just want to talk to my wife. Like, can you get all up in that ghost circulation well, and figure out where my wife is? Because like, well, that's my driving force. That was not 
he didn't. They mentioned it first. They because they were trashing his office and came across the wife's picture. They're sneaky. And they were gonna trash it. And he said no. And then they're like, oh, she's Mm -hmm. pretty. And he's like, oh, that's my wife. She's passed on, or she's just Mm -hmm. dead. And then they mention, Mm -hmm. oh, Amelia. Yeah, we know her. Like Amelia. Oh, Amelia's precious. She's always nice to us. We don't talk bad about her. That's right. And you're not sure at this moment if, if they true. actually know Amelia or not. Yeah, I mean. Which I thought was pretty clever. He Because we don't have enough confidence. He died in the how far away from guy. them? He, and he she asked. Died how far away from them? Like, how are they all connected? Been, how would, Well, we don't know where they died. We, oh, I guess yeah. that's true. They were. We don't know where they lived. That We just knew where they were coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. His but, last gig. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But he gets his hopes up immediately, Bill Pullman, and he's like, is there a way for you to send a message to her? They're like, oh, it's all much red tape and paperwork, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they completely undermine that they know her by, you know, Satso leaves to go contact her. Then oh, there's a glowing light coming from beyond the door. They're like, we think it's for you, Doc. And he comes in, like, and they're just laughing at his misery. <laughs> I fell and for he it. looks like what's her face? You fell for it. I did too. Yeah, but he looks like um, who's the character? I've never actually seen who framed Roger Rabbit. But what's her oh name? Jessica Rabbit? Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. He looks yeah. like Jessica Rabbit. Faso does. He's transformed <laughs> into an extremely buxom woman. <laughs> um, so it does leave it on that level where the ghosts and and Harvey kind of made a deal where they'll get him in contact with Amelia if they get Kerrigan off their back. Off, yeah, off their back. Mm-hmm. So that's still lingering. And we still don't know really what's going to happen with Amelia. Even though I'm sure most people assume we're going to see Amelia by the end of the movie. Yeah. I would have been disappointed if we did. Okay. And then, okay. So Vic, who's our cute boy from school, he comes over um, to Kat's house, to the manor. And he's like, Hey, are you with anybody for this party? And she's like, I am absolutely not. And all the while, Casper's in the window, and you're just like dead. Because Casper's in the window staring no, at him like he's gonna kill him. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> but you're like, oh no, how awkward is this? And she's like, I'm not with anyone. He's like, Well, you want to be with me for the party? And she's like, Uh, yeah, I want to be with you for the party. And so she's super excited. But then we see it in immediate, it's a carry situation because Vic. Um, like walks away from the manor and bratty blonde girlfriend is like oh she really thought you were gonna so it's carrie they're setting her up mm-hmm. they're 100 percent setting her up and th- i also wrote vic has no balls <laughs> oh because vic expresses a little bit he's like i don't think this is the right thing to do but she's like suck it up buttercup and he just does and i don't like that um and then I have another note. The use of flesh is very unpleasant. So the uncles must have said something again about fleshies. <laughs> <laughs> Rocked me in my core. I love that I that's your note. I get taller. I want to be the there when they, the anthropologist 2,000 years from now or 200 years from now finds your note phone. and all it says is, and all they see on your phone is the use of flesh is uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So this is that thing where I gotta want Julia to I do solo. Y'all have to come to my house and destroy certain things like the box of teeth and all of that that we've talked about in the past. 
I kind of want Julia to do solo commentary for every film I watch that she's watching for the first time. <laughs> um, I could do okay. that. I would so... pay for the subscription of that. Just so <laughs> yeah, you know, me Julia. too. <laughs> you can make dozens of dollars. You can literally call the subscription dollars. service Julia's Adventures in Land and use my voodoo <laughs> library to all the movies you haven't seen and just do comedy. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, really. Um, okay. So we uh now we have Casper and Cat together again. Um, um and Casper flies Cat up to a lighthouse. To do some more talking. So we're doing some more unpacking of, of Casper's is background. It, is this after or before she set up his childhood bedroom? Because I this thought that's... is before that she sets was up one of his the sweetest things from a movie I think I've ever seen. Bedroom. So it's here on top of the lighthouse that we get we get the information that he doesn't remember a lot about his life at all. Um, and she mentions, and this was this is where we start to get that whole like this is super duper sad <laughs> like for a kids movie like this thing just got incredibly deep because she talks about how she's starting to forget her mom um and again we feel like there's not a lot of distance between when she lost her mom and now definitely and, not casper level and she's also worried that her mom's gonna get forget her because look what happened to casper and his uncles and casper's right. like no one could ever forget you a parent could never forget their child, even in death. All right. Okay, but Casper doesn't phrase it that sweetly. <laughs> he, he kind of flirts with her. No one could ever forget you. Well, come on, dude. The guy's Boy, been alone and dead what. for how long? I'm not saying I blame him. I'm just saying he didn't make it the sweet thing about how a parent will never forget their child. <laughs> well, I'm saying okay. that as a joke for reasons to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is where Kat starts snooping through the house and she comes, um, she's looking for a Halloween costume for the party that she's now inexplicably hosting. And she stumbles on um, a room that like all of the rooms in this house, I think are super cute. There's lots of stained glass and they're just sweet. There's like round rooms, which I really love when they're like interesting baked rooms. And I love, I love the set design. Like, I love that the big main foyer yeah. has a big spiral, like, on the floor. Like, I love the set yeah. design in this. It is. It's a great house. Um, So she finds Casper's room, and she cleans it top to bottom, and she sets it up exactly like it was, or like she thinks it was when he was a kid. So there's lots of, he was, like, 12 when he died. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Like, that age and younger toys in this room set and up. it's an awesome um, room like there's a train mm-hmm. going around it there's a big old mm-hmm. toy ferris wheel rotating like it's awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he sees it and is in awe and it triggers something in him to start remembering again yep. so he finds a dress for her to wear for halloween which is kind his of mo- here nor his there. mom's it was his mom's got it mm-hmm. Um, but he also finds a sled. And so here's where we get the how I died story. So he finds a sled. And who just scoffed at that? I'm just laughing because it's so serious. It's so serious and makes me this uncomfortable. Is... Just laughing at Catherine. <laughs> oh, dead <Okay>. children. <laughs> Good times. Oh. So he finds a sled and says that his dad gave it to him. Um, he sledded on it all day long, even well, though his dad was what, like, 
what makes this worse is his dad gave it to him after he'd been asking for it forever. And his dad was like, no, you're too young. It's too young. Oh, right. Father Gil, <laughs> we got to put that in there. I didn't put it, take a note of that, but you're right. Um, he sledded all day. Most fun ever. His dad's like, come in, come in. It's really cold. And he didn't. And he just kept on sledding because he was having just like the best time ever. Um, and then he got sick and then he died. <laughs> I have pneumonia. Why are you laughing? Says, I got sick. It's so rapid when he says it. He said, and then I got really sick and cold. And I'm like, oh Lord, you got cold. Okay. Um but he okay. was like, yeah, basically he's like, I got sick and I, I got cold, and then my dad was sad. And then if this wasn't tragic enough, he was like, I didn't move on and cross over because my dad needed company. He was sad and alone, so I wanted to keep him company. And Cat <laughs> asks him what's what dying is like, and he says it's like being born, but backwards. And I'm like, that's what a kid would say. Okay. Okay, it is. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because the next part makes me even more tragic. He didn't cross over to keep his dad company, but then his dad is deemed insane by the town. Because... Yeah, so we see... <laughs> We see a bunch of newspapers spread out on the ground, and it is his dad's effort to bring his son back to life. Lazarus um, so uh, while the town and all of that thinks he's completely insane, we see that and he's an inventor anyway, and he did all of that prior to Casper dying. But he focused all of his efforts on what was called the Lazarus um, that would could be a machine that could bring people back to life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm laughing, but deep... it's a tragic story. It really is a tragic, dark story. It gets incredibly dark at this moment. And I was sitting there watching and I'm like, oh, they went there. <laughs> okay. And that's when I was like, it's universal. It's it's not a Disney movie. As if it's Disney. Universal. Okay. Disney may have Disney just this... kills the parents. Yeah. They don't, don't like dig deep into resurrecting them very often. I don't see that happen a lot in Disney movies. But that's true. If Universal you don't see a handled lot of parental the, resurrections, if if Universal handled the Lion King, Simba would have died, and Mufasa <laughs> would have been deemed insane trying to bring his son back to life. <laughs> Pretty dark. Um. Okay. So y'all then, some, as, y'all are some as, dark oh. people. <laughs> I'm feeling a little uncomfortable as, right now. I feel unsafe. As, as all of these memories are coming back to Casper, he realizes um, he knows where the Lazarus is. And so he takes, um, and this feels very Tim Burton, which I appreciate it. It also feels Goonies and Spielberg and all of that. So this was super fun to me because I love any kid type movie where you get to go into like catacombs of a castle. Like so fun. I'm totally on board for this. So he takes her down into um, the tunnels in the bottom of the manor and they go through like a really cool spiral staircasey looking library behind a flippy wall. And it's like down. And the machine, it does not only like a, the machine, you're supposed to get the idea that his dad was so busy. So this machine shaves him and dresses him as it's going on. Yeah. Like it's called you the, see, I don't even forget what it's called, but the up and Adam started, machine. Up and Adam machine. Because he was super busy and he didn't want to have to, but it was hard to get up. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel that <laughs> in my bones. Okay, so we do get some funny stuff as they're going through the up and out of machine, um, but it's it's proving the fact that his dad was this like competent inventor, right? Because the stuff's been sitting down here for years and years and years and years. Um, 
So it's mm-hmm. dated for sure. Like puts a bow tie on him, but I'm not thinking that he's competent because he was never managed to bring his son back to life. Wow, Anthony. <laughs> well, he, he was sitting there. Like, are you talking about the well, the actual Lazarus machine? I mean, the Lazarus machine worked. They yeah, never why explain did he why he didn't. I assumed it was he was deemed insane and we pulled a Beauty and the Beast dad moment and they like tossed him in an insane asylum. That's dark. Alone. I just assumed he died first. I mean, maybe he had everything, say he had that. everything done. Like, what would he need it? Like, what was the holdup? Why didn't it just happen? I don't know. It should have. They, they hauled him away. Like, what was his name? Oh, this episode's getting, Natalie's like, this episode's getting dark. <laughs> Yes, really expanding. I, I feel like we... we went from like a Christmas morning moment when Casper saw all his toys to all of a sudden like <laughs> pain asylums, grief, like children dying. <laughs> are you uh-huh. trying to say that we're not, that's not what your Christmas mornings at home are like, Natalie? Uh, not typically, no. Oh. That's not the right No, occasion. remember she has the amazing... Her dad, dad her. gives her good. Her dad yeah, gives her like, good Christmas all, surprise. Yeah, Wait, so this, Christmas. so this whimsical part must have felt more familiar then, where Casper is like looking for his, we're looking for the machine, and you're doing all the whimsical stuff going oh down to God. it. <laughs> Casper's looking for his body. He's looking for. <laughs> no, I have questions about that later on, which we'll get to. But we'll put a pin oh, in geez. that. Okay, oh, so they do end up seeing the, la- the like the Lazarus machine was underwater or something, and he. Remembered how to raise it up. It's and like it the freaking a, back it cave. In, it was a button in a book. faux book of Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, I thought that was clever. Like, like, I feel this is foreshadowing. <laughs> like, that I don't want. That you're, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I don't know. Because we saw how well Frankenstein worked out for him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we find out pretty quickly that I mean, the machine miraculously still works like everything has stayed in good enough condition to work but there's only enough elixir of life to bring one person back so it's like one and done it's like, like this small vial well it's well, a pretty cool vial but it has it just is. a little bit Looks of red like liquid a, in it it reminded we, me of like a crown royal bottle yeah uh, yeah right were you just looking for the purple bag i was <laughs> <laughs> uh we have a death during this time though that we're omitting not yet well, oh. I guess it does kind of happen simultaneously. Well, so but, after... But we have to call out, while they are going through all of these things, Casper and Kat, Kerrigan and... What's his name? But Dang it. Dibs. Dibs. But they're... <laughs> so they're, they're spying on Kat and Casper as they're doing this right. because they they're saw the, the three uncles take dad out and leave the house because they felt bad for making him sad with their prank about Amelia. So they're like, let's get you drunk. They took him out and they took him out. They they took him out. I would say the drink took him out. Yeah, because the ghost didn't look look like they they kept trying to warn him when he was stumbling back. They were going to off him because they're like, you're pretty fun. We can hang out for the rest of eternity. And it's the minute... (laughs) In the moment, which again is also dark. In the moment, like he's like, I really love you guys. And he like connects with all of them. They're like, Well, we can't kill you now. And then that's when he stumbles all drunk into an open construction site and falls to his death. And I'm like, And immediately becomes one of them. Plot twist. (laughs) I'm 
Okay. So this is where we have like all the spinning like storylines are coming together, right? So Kat is is going to bring Casper back because that just seems like the logical thing you do, especially if you knew that your father was not recently dead as well. We have Kerrigan and Dibs. 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 I don't know. It won't store in my brain. It's not a good name. Who are like, this is this is probably where the treasure is. And they see a vault and they're like, oh, that is the treasure. And because something's unhinged in Kerrigan's brain, her immediate decision is, oh, one of us needs to die <laughs> and then walk through a wall to get the treasure and then come back to life with the machine instead of the path of least resistance, which is just like, figure out how to open the dang thing without dying. Can we do that? Maybe? Well, in her defense, she tried knocking down the manor, getting everything. So what's the odds she's going to get a locksmith here successfully to open this with the ghost haunting the place? But all she has to do is get the uncles to take somebody out to booze for a bit, and they don't have to worry about getting scared. Plus, is she even scared by the uncles anymore? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's better ways than dying in order to do this. But, you know, whatever. But on top of this, so Kerrigan and Dibs are planning this out in the open because... Yeah, yeah, Casper Casper and Kat finally found the way to bring Casper back to life, but rather than taking five seconds to put him in the machine and turning that thing on, uh-oh, I have to go let everyone in because the Halloween party is about to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Casper's like, been waiting long wait. enough for hum- for his life. <laughs> like, right. we're in no hurry at this point. Okay, so dad is dead. Kerrigan has gotten the potion, which means... Uh, Casper's revival didn't happen and he's like a fried egg. And they have the treasure box. And they have, they don't have the treasure box yet because she gets the elixir and then her, uh, they start to fight because he doesn't want to sacrifice his life to be able to dibs. He doesn't, Yeah. he doesn't want to die. And so they're fighting over who's going to die and they end up in their fighting. uh, She flies off a cliff. So Kerrigan dies. Their ineffectual attempts to murder one another really did make me laugh. Wait, what was your question, Natalie? I was going to say, didn't they kiss like right before this too? She kissed him because she was so happy they found the vault. Yes, but I feel like that meant something to him. Oh, I told. I think it did. He looked like well, not for long. Well, yeah, (laughs) not as much as the money. So Kerrigan comes back as a ghost, but she looks exactly like she does in real life, except for like cartoony. Right? I so so, so does the dad, and so does the dad, which we will get to in a second. But I, as my in-universe canon is, you know, they just died. As time goes on, maybe they become more ghosty. Okay, and and that tracks. I think, or maybe they just didn't think it through very well, because this is a movie for children. <laughs> I was also very surprised that when she died, didn't she say something like she's back? Yeah. Yes. And I was like, whoa, this is a kid's movie. (laughs) Yes. That is one of two times we're going to refer to her as that. And that's right. And that tall, uh, the stretch uncle says like hell quite a few times as well. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, Universal don't play. Um, It was 80s and 90s. That was before they started getting stricter with the rules it was it's a different time i mean again, before parents cared about what we heard Go- goody should have been like hard pg-13 <laughs> yeah, it I'll just leave it. 
Um, okay, so we've got kids in the house for the <coughs> Halloween party. Uh, Kerrigan's ghost is haunting the manor um, and wants Debs to bring her back to life. Uh, she's got the treasure in hand, although it's still just the locked box, but she's walked through and gotten the treasure out of there. And Dibs is like, um, I think I'm just going to take that treasure and bounce. Well, at this point, Kat and Casper come back terrible. down too. Like they're just watching right. them argue. So everybody's all up in here. So Kerrigan ends up throwing Dibs out the window. And I think we all just assume that he's dead. Although we never see his ghost. Yes. That's like curtains on Dibs. Well, because the rules establish if you have unfinished business, that's why you become a ghost. Okay, but so what was Kerrigan's unfinished business? She wanted the treasure, which is she how Kat is the... about to trick her into passing on. So it's that she was holding it, that she had it? Yeah, essentially. Okay, but she didn't really have it. I was like, I don't know. I was torn on this one. So yeah, so Kat, so Kerrigan has the treasure in hand. Um, the elixir is also like up in the air. At this point, right? Because really that's what Kat wants is the elixir. She didn't really care so much for the treasure. Um, and she does trick um, Kerrigan into basically passing on. Because she's like, yeah, what what's left unfulfilled? And she's like, well, nothing. I have the treasure or whatever she says. She, she's and like, she I have no unfinished business. And then she starts glowing. And she's like, wait, no, I take that back. But we assume she and passes on to the bad place. Oh, she went to the bad place for absolutely <laughs> sure. She did not go to the good place. And she, um, okay, when she passes on, the treasure box falls and it cracks a lock open and opens. And what is it? It's a baseball it's a base- glove and a ball. It is. Sign. It's like that's a treasure. <laughs> you know, it's signed exactly by Casper. Be a treasure to a little boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's signed by his favorite player, Duke Snyder, yep. from the Brooklyn Dodgers. From the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yep. The real Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I did too. I thought that was really, that was really sweet. Because um, what else would be a treasure to a little boy that age, right? Right. Right. Who thought the treasure well, was buckets and buckets of gold? Not me. I assumed it was. Oh, really? I didn't. I mean, the first time I when I was a kid, I I had assumed it would be. Well, what's sure. what's really sweet is it's not Casper's treasure. It's his dad. <laughs> probably after Casper died his dad considered that the treasure why are you laughing at this safe. Anthony <laughs> <laughs> oh, his dad mourned his death <laughs> no because they play it so straight everything with the dad I'm like it's juxtaposed with the goofy <laughs> comedy and CGI I'm like oh my god this is like whiplash anyway um okay so we're about to turn Casper into a human again, and the cat finds out her dad is dead, which is like worst news ever. He flies in as a ghost with the uncles and has no idea who she is, um, which is awful, by the way, especially for Cat. And so she's extremely upset that he doesn't remember her. But once she pinky like locks pinkies with him and he makes a fart joke because it's the 90s and it's a kid's movie, so you have to have a fart joke. Um, he remembers uh, who she is and is as devastated as she is that he's dead. And so Casper comes out of the chamber and is like, here, you need this more than I do. And basically sticks her dad in the chamber, sacrifices his ability to return to humanness and 
her dad is restored. Now here's my question. Works. Yeah, which heartfelt moment. Uh Casper, very selfless of this moment. Mm-hmm. It's very sad for him because this is all he wanted. Here's my question. Presumably, when Dr. Harvey died at the construction site, he left his mangled body behind. But he comes out of this machine with a new body. So what happened to the original body, which is like a rough... I, uh, just I, it's just odd to me. The logistics of that. Anyway. <laughs> there's a lot here we're overthinking, y'all. I, <laughs> there's two. There's a dead body and a real body. And a new body. <laughs> Insurance um, claim. Okay. <laughs> So high school brat girl and Vic um, are in the house for the Halloween party and they're dressing up like ghosts to scare everybody at the party. Um, They're trying to ruin the party, right? They're trying to be jerks and embarrass Kat. That's right. Um, To which we have the uncles to thank because the uncles pop out and they scare the girl who gets like straight up clotheslined in the in the (laughs) living room and is like just the highlight of the movie. And I to think see at, her just totally fall. <laughs> and I think at this point, the uncles, I mean, they had fun doing it, but the uncles have kind of a, yeah. an affection for dad and cat. They, like, so, they love these people. Yeah. So I think they did it as well to help them out a bit. On no P. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay. So the Halloween party is in full, full tilt. Kids are having fun. It's great. Cats having um, fun. Cat's having, I mean, she's sitting alone, I think, at this point. Mm. But Dad is reanimated and doesn't seem to have any consequences from his recent death. None whatsoever. The whole thing is being chaperoned by one teacher and dad who's standing upstairs. (laughs) Um, and Casper's sad because Casper's in his room. Casper's sad. Casper's in his childhood room alone in the dark, tossing his baseball up and down by himself. Um and Casper's mom comes from beyond nope. the grave. Cat's mom. Yes. Oh, I said Casper's mom. Sorry. Cat's mom, Amelia, comes from a bright shining light. She's in this red dress, which was a choice for Wait, sure. Here we go. Tom, give us your lect- your rant here about how this is not proper angelology because she was referred to as an angel and not a ghost. Angels are separate beings from humans. In the, in the creative cosmos of the Judeo-Christian tradition. Humans do not become angels. And Ron really did nail his impression of you last week. Anyway. He did. He did. <laughs> he did listen to that episode if you haven't. It's pretty great. Um, okay. So she, she comes to Casper and she's like, that thing that you did was a very good thing. Um, you fulfilled your dad's greatest dream. And she's come to grant casper a cinderella type deal until 10 p.m he can regain human form to go live it up at this halloween party and i thought this he's like what about midnight yeah cinderella got to midnight she's like honey you're a little younger than that she was like cinderella wasn't 12 years old (laughs) um even though theoretically back when cinderella would have been set in medieval times it would have been a 12 year old girl marrying oh could do without that (laughs) um okay so he starts to descend the staircase at the dance and my comment is omg it's devin sawa drool 
because <laughs> I feel like that should have been the mo- the feeling in the in the room at that moment. Um, he asks Cat to dance while this extremely sappy, adultish, serious pop song "Remember Me This Way" is playing in the background, and it is like the most serious scene ever. It's not frivolous at all. It's not childlike at all. It is like serious. Pat doesn't even question who this random guy is. She immediately takes his hand and wraps her arms around his neck and stares lovingly into his eyes. But it's only when they start floating she realizes. Well, not, not, not even just then. Because before she realizes they're floating... We didn't even mention that it's the most famous line from the movie, but Casper whispers it to her creepily when she's sleeping earlier on in the movie. But he leans in and he's <laughs> like, I keep you. <laughs> Which is weird for a ghost to say. That's something you would get in an adult horror movie. Like, can I keep you? <laughs> Whack, you're dead. He repeats the phrase um, just before they kiss um, here. At Again. The- Again, reminded me of Zachary Binks as a human ghost. I will always be with you. That was creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And I put, it's so oddly sweet and emotional. Mm -hmm. It was emotional for me, right? And I thought it was sweet, but I'm like, by all accounts, it shouldn't be this sweet. But The The most emotional moment for me comes next. In just a minute. Yep. Um, Okay, so not in the main room separately um amelia appears to her dad um in the same red dress she comes through the stained glass angel window yeah it's a choice um (laughs) and she's like the most pragmatic angel i've ever seen in my entire life because she's like (laughs) it's fine it's just me and i'm like and i love this part because he's like stunned and he's like how and she says let's just say you know three crazy ghosts who kept their word and i love that because at this point you thought they were just messing with him earlier on but they came through for him in the end and i love that yeah which i really appreciated and she says um she says she had no unfinished business because her because him and cat loved her so well and she didn't want to become his unfinished business which i thought was sweet and he gives her some, she gives him some parenting pointers that when you look at it, you're like, wow, that's small potatoes. But I guess it is important in the moment, you know, like she doesn't need to wear a shirt underneath her bathing suit and, you know, don't pick the phone up every time her friends call because it's stupid and creepy and don't be that guy. Um, but it's super sweet. And I totally cried in this scene. Hard disagree. Don't pick the phone up every time somebody calls. Yeah, I'm going to spy on my daughter all the time, y'all. <laughs> well, I'm going to spy is also, on her phone. This scene is also kind of a payoff to an earlier bit, too, where Harvey gets a little uh, awkward with Kat. Because, with, again, the double entendre stuff. She mentioned something about her first, and I think she's talking about the par- part, and he's like, you're first? And she's like, <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, don't worry, it's... Or no, he goes out to talk with her. She's like, it's a little too late for that. And he's like, how late? And she's like, not that late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so the clock strikes 10 and Amelia disappears because apparently that magic ends at 10 o'clock as well. And just as Casper and Kat are kissing, he disappears as well. Um, Well, he turns back into a ghost. He doesn't disappear. He turns, right. And everybody That's sees she's mess with your head. He with would the ghost. Rather... 
<laughs> he would rather be dead than make out with her. That's got to do something to your self-esteem, y'all. <laughs> okay, that I, I, just looking at Natalie's head shake, I think I, I think I found her line where I went too far. I'm ruining. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I felt like a dad. Natalie's like, no, no, yeah. Matt, no, Tom. Um, I'm sorry, Natalie. The party clears out rapidly when they see their first real ghost. Well, we get fun- the scream and then the it's, shuffle. It's funny because their first is stunned silence, and Casper just awkwardly he's like, uh, boo, and shrugs, <laughs> and they do the scream and shuffle and right. run out. Right. Um, the uncles start jamming out to Casper, the friendly ghost. Um, well, because dad is um, like, cat's like, not bad for my first party. And dad's like, yep. it's not over yet. And he's like, boys, and now they're all buddy, buddy. And they start jamming out. And apparently that means the uncles and Casper still have unfinished business. Yeah. He, so the promise that dad made that he would help them cross over, he didn't. He was a bad ghost therapist. And also, I, mean, like, I feel like lots of fails at the end here. Also, they don't own the house. They're going to lose this house. It's Kerrigan's house. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened to the house? Now they were. <laughs> these, are the, these are the adult thoughts that no kid has at the end of the movie. There was a screenplay written for Casper 2, which same director was going to direct. Um, however, Universal Pictures, despite this movie being a very big financial success, the home video wasn't that big. A success. The sales were disappointing, mm-hmm. so they canceled it. And also due to the hesitation of Christina Ricci. So mm-hmm. instead, we got two straight-to-video prequels. Casper, Spirited Beginning, and that's when you Casper meets his uncles and the house and everything. Then we got Casper meets Wendy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there was a cartoon called The Spectacular New Adventures of Casper, where Dan Castanella Homer Simpson voiced Dr. Yeah. Har- <laughs> voice Dr. Harvey. So, yeah. And that's the movie. That's the movie. And supposedly Peacock has a TV series, live action TV series in development now that they said uh, it's supposed to be, you know, live action, slightly more adult and darker, kind of like how Wednesday was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Wednesday isn't kind of darker. Wednesday is way too dark for children. So, uh, I don't know. My little cousins love that show. But, uh, yeah. So Casper is in development. So we'll see what happens to him and with this property. So this is not a Christmas movie. Uh, remind me, do we rank it? Yes, we rank it. But before we get to that, <laughs> okay, fine. Natalie, you really liked this, did you? Yes, I did. Was there a follow-up question? No, just like... Does it hold up for you? Sorry. I feel like there should have been one. Yes. (laughs) No, I really liked it. I feel like the real-life Casper was perfect, like spot on. Like you're watching the back of his head walk through the crowd to Cat. And then when you finally see him, I was like, oh, it is Casper. Like it just felt so right. It did feel a little cringy when they kissed, but I still kind of wanted it to happen, which I didn't know how to feel about. Um... But yeah, I thought it was a really sweet movie, even though it's kind of about like coming to reality with mortality. And I feel like that's super relatable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I'm always surprised and I've watched this every year how 
dark slash sad it could be. <laughs> like, I just remember the funny stuff, and then I'm like, oh, man, this is actually kind of heavy in some ways. And I think it was a surprise to you, Julia, just based on how you were walking us through this. Did you watch this with any of the kids or alone? No, just alone. I don't think I could have taken notes like that if I was watching with kids. Uh, that's true. That's a trade-off. But I, I always wanted a sequel growing up. I'd still be okay with a legacy sequel now. Like maybe mm-hmm. Christina Ricci's an adult and it's her kid and the ghosts are still there, you know? Like Beetlejuice is gonna do, right? Would Casper it's- still be the same age? Yeah. He'd have to if be. If Casper's still there. On. And if he's the kids are unfinished, yeah, like, business? I feel bad for him. He's trapped. Like, here. Casper was totally into your mams. Like, that's odd. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> fiction does that all the time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Casper and the uncles are still there. I actually always wanted, like, and it was the 90s. So this fad kind of ended in the 80s with Harry and the Henderson. But remember, Harry and the Hendersons had a spin off TV show. Yes. And at the reseason spinoff TV show, different human cast, but obviously Harry and the Henderson, same characters. I would have still, I would have liked something like that, like a, hmm. you know, Harry and the Hendersons type, Al, Five Junior, Genie, Bewitch type thing where, you know, oh, you have to hide the ghosts from the neighbors and stuff, but you have like this half mortal family with interacting with the weird creatures in the house. I would have liked a TV show like that, seen them become a family watched it so i'm sad we never got anything more Mm -hmm. um yeah the thing i want to uh say i really like the uncle's redemption arc and how they became like better yeah Yeah, they use their they use their evil their evil sense of humor to help cat and uh they became like you said they became part of a family i like that yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i would not have expected expected that at the beginning that's one of ellie's things too she really likes she's like they became nice ghosts like "Mm, yeah they became more troublemakers at the end than you know bad guys (laughs) but i like that too they helped cat at the end and they helped harvey dr harvey they did and again the Mm -hmm. fact that i like the payoff of that like that the mother acknowledges they they were the ones who got in contact with her they kept good on Mm -hmm. their word i did i i needed that yeah, I think mm-hmm. that was necessary for me. And Casper didn't need a redemption arc. He was all he was good throughout. Uh, he made good on the whole. Yeah. You know, you need this more than I do. Nice twelve year old. I would have been like, see ya, and got in the machine and turned myself alive. <laughs> that tracks. Wow, thanks, that. Natalie. I thought we were friends. <laughs> okay where are we ranking this at then well we could just rank it against herself itself julia natalie you want to go first sure i also have a quote to share with my ranking oh yeah do your if you have quotes go for quotes so it was the cringy scene whenever i think they were in casper's bedroom and they were talking about like can you hurt me? Like I've never done this before. And they touch hands. Um, but Kat asks him, what are you made of? And Casper said, you know, when your foot falls asleep and you get that tingly feeling, I think I'm made of that. I thought that was cute. That is yeah. I would be so mm-hmm. annoying though. I hate that feeling. Like if I was feeling <laughs> that constantly, <Yeah>. like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
is. I feel like it is like, I mean, you imagine it kind of like wavering though. And I feel like he does kind of waver in existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. My rating. Wait, before what? you, before you oh. read, I have a quote. Oh, yes. So I liked, um, you know, when Amelia finally comes to Dr. Harvey at the end, like he spent this whole movie like wanting to see his wife again but at first he's just speechless and he says to her i thought i would have a hundred things to say when i saw you but and then his only question is how and then she goes into that line and they talk but i thought that was real like you always wish you could talk to somebody again and i feel like if you actually could you would for a minute you like being in their mm-hmm. presence again you wouldn't know what to say mm-hmm. yeah that felt real too Anyway, sorry, Natalie. What was your? Oh, that's fine. Okay, so my rating is 7.5. And I think it would have been higher if I had nostalgia along with it. But mm. that's fair. Ooh. Given that, what do you give it, Julia? Um, Seven feels right for all the same reasons that Natalie said. I'm coming in at 8.75. Mm. I was going to give it a nine. You can. You're allowed. So that gives us mm, that's not right. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Math. So seven plus eight point seven five plus eight point two five rating, which I think feels right. I'm happy with that. Okay. Nice. Um Tom. If we want input on this episode or other episodes, where can people do that? The best place to really communicate with us is in our Facebook group. Facebook you can find group. access to our Facebook group, our Facebook, our X account, our Mastodon account, and a link to our Patreon at linktree.com slash tis the podcast. So we did get some comments here um our good friend jerry d totally rad christmas wrote i remember wanting to like it more than i did casper uh i love the casper comics the movie was just okay to me which fair i loved the comics too i got a comment um i got a message from pedestrian verse on instagram and they wrote i watched this for the first time since i was a kid a couple years ago the mel gibson cameo cracked me up there is a Mel Gibson cameo you did mention that there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice cameo too at one point Mm -hmm. Julia do you have a sticker on your water bottle that says men it says meh oh (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm getting Julia says men Uh, speaking of water bottles Julia how is your little side project going it's coming along I, well, I figured it must be coming along since you said your photo album is better than ever now, thanks to me. It's awful now. So I have all these horror icons in my photo stream as Ju- reference pictures. Hey, Julia, do we want to build you a, a Next.js site for it? For what? Your business. No, it's not a business. Julia's making water bottles like painting on water bottles and she said she would do all the horror icons for me but told her which ones i would like on a water bottle and the other night she texted me 
a picture of her photo album with Freddie and Jason and all these guys in it. And she said, my photo album is now terrible because of you. She has them <laughs> yeah, all downloaded like, look, Can you see like all the horror icons <laughs> in mixed with my family pictures? Ghost faces yeah, in there. Yeah, ghost faces in there. Of course, he'd, he'd be number he's, one. He's super dark. He doesn't show up very well, like at them. Uh, Michael's in there. But, yep. 13. Art the clowns in there, my man. Yeah. So when I was looking for these pictures and screenshotting them, um, Jude and Gabe were both like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and like, especially Jude was like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Don't look at it. We're not gonna look at that." <laughs> I think it was on like Annabelle or something, and he's like, "What are you looking at?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Annabelle's just a precious doll." Scary so, mama. She's something. Yeah, so I haven't started on the faces yet, but I'm excited. I saw this today, and I can't find it, and I feel awful because I told him I was going to read it. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, Weston. I can't find where your comment is. There are too many places. Weston, we we know our good friend Weston Labs left us a comment on Casper. We unfortunately can't find it at this time, so Weston... Let us know again what you think, and we will read it next time. And listeners, go to any of the places Tom just mentioned and let us know what you think, and we'll read that as well. Also, definitely check out our Patreon uh, this week, actually, since it's this October now, or tomorrow. Uh, all the spooky content starts dropping on Patreon. Have a lot of it. Um, horror, favorite horror moments ranked. Uh me walking Julia through the Terrifier movies and The Exorcist. I did an amazing horror bracket episode with Ron and Lindsay and Kendall and Matt that I kind of want to drop in the main feed. Uh, so we'll see if we do that instead of Patreon. Um, do it. And yeah, check it check it all out. It is spooky season and we're all in. And we've got some awesome spooky content coming up too. But before we talk about that, Natalie... You are one of our favorites to have on the podcast. So I'm so happy we got the opportunity to do that again. And it won't be the last time. But we want our listeners to know as much about you as we do. So what do you want to share and information you can get to our listeners on how they can find you places? Sure. So being on the podcast before, I've shared many times. You guys have graciously shared about my book, the Christmas clue. It's about Christmas morning scavenger hunt. And it's actually clues that my dad created from when I was growing up. Um, so you can find that on Amazon and online anywhere that sells books. And then if you want to follow me personally, I'm on all social media at Natmosphere and it's spelled N-A-T-M-O-S-F-E-A-R. I have to A, say Natalie's book is awesome. I mentioned before I read it to my little cousins last year and they loved it. Um, I I loved it too, by the way, but you know, it was there age appropriate for them. Uh, But also, speaking of your writing, didn't you just get published in another short fiction, short story book? Do you want want to plug that? Sure. Um, It was local. It was a short story with Louisville Literary and it's kind of a tragic love story. So I've never written that before. So I wanted to try it out. Um, so a little bit darker than my usual fun, like Christmas or fun blog. So um, that's also available on Amazon. The 2023 Writer's Block Anthology. 
Well, nice. if you and the if short you can, story is called Flower Beds. It is. Thank you. And if you could track it down, any of her writing or her blog, Natalie's one of the best writers I know, which is why. Well, Anthony, coming is, from you, really, you're such a great writer. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's why I'm asked. I asked her to edit my book I just wrote, and she said she will once she finishes the project she's currently working on. I'm getting so close to being able to start on yours. Well, I appreciate that because you're an awesome writer. So I can't wait to get your input, Natalie. But I yeah, can't wait to read it. Check out all her writing because you won't be disappointed. I don't know how this next week. Next yeah. week. Speaking of writing, you won't be disappointed by next week, <laughs> Tom. Next week, we are welcoming, we have two guests coming on as well. We're welcoming Kendall Foray of Two Girls, One Crypt podcast. You've heard on our show multiple times. And for the first time, we're welcoming Ron and Jay's co-host, Lindsay Grellis, on the main show. She's been on Patreon before, um, a film strip podcast. And they will be coming on to discuss Scream 3, which I'm very excited for. Scream 3 has aged interestingly, and I'm really excited to talk about it. And then the week after that, we're going back to Halloween Town to cover Halloween Town 3, Halloween Town High. Check it out. It's upcoming. I'm excited about that. Spooky season. (laughs) I love that we both just went into that, Tom. That was awesome. (laughs) We're also going to do Freddy vs. Jason and Halloween Kills, although I may make a push, depending on how another new Halloween movie dropping looks. uh, We should. Sub it in. We, we could, well, we could always put more content out there. Throw we could, we could do a totally it. killing episode. Yeah. Um, so great stuff coming up. Um, super excited about it. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas every day. Um, in fact, we're only 2016 hours away from Christmas. That is 84 days. That is 12 weeks. How many months is that, Natalie? Twelve weeks. Three. Three months. Crazy. Crazy. Well, thanks again for joining us. Always a joy. Seriously, you're one of our favorites, Natalie. Thanks, guys. I love hanging out with you. We do too. We love hanging out with you, not just ourselves. That's why. (laughs) Thanks, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk next week. Bye Bye, y'all. Bye. Do 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 do